Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we say that you are the glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Let's have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, I just want to just encourage every one of us as when we go into the week also and next the week this Saturday that we'll be having the school of ministry. It's 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 an event that has you know that is quite important even as we trust God to begin to place us in marketplaces in in in, in the marketplace. Um, one thing that I have noticed also is that God is gradually, steadily pushing people into the marketplace to stand for him. And this event is where we gather ourselves together and people that God is raising in different careers share their mind and people that are also you know, standing in for Christ in those ways. And it's also a way for us to we gather to pray together as we trust God to bring us into new levels, new opportunities, especially in the marketplace, in our careers. So please invite someone. It's, um, it's, it's a very good event. And, you know, and this, we've been running it for quite some time. And we thank God for how far God has, has brought us. So please ask, Put it in mind, it's going to be the same venue. There will be, it's like as we announced, there will be, um, there will be a dinner or get together after the service at um, at the um, what's it called? At the buffet. At the buffet, yeah. So at the buffet, a buffet deal, but sorry. Um, so God bless, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. We would be having a look around something which is, um, you know, talking about God's kingdom and his government. His kingdom and his government. His kingdom and his, and his government. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So we're running low on teachers in some school, that's why there's a bit of movement and um, we have a stretch. Amen. God help us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we as we look at as we look at um, as we look at a couple of things together is that the Bible talks about Jesus. When he said, Isaiah was talking about him, Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He said, The government will be on his shoulder. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And 
most of the time Christians are aware or they are more accustomed to the aspect of God as the Father, which is great, but that would only take you so far as you walk with him. It's important that we begin to re re realize and recognize him. We recognize him as king and as lord. It's interesting the songs that were sung during during the um, during the 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 worship that we're talking about Kabiosi. That's God. No one can ask you. But it's interesting that you know when you ask everyone that you know what does Kabiosi mean to you, people say no one can question God. No one can. No, my situation cannot question God. My enemies cannot question God, which is good. But you have left a very important aspect out. You cannot question. Him. Does that make sense? You know, just like just like so, so many things that we use in scripture. You know, when the Bible says that they are, they are, they, the Bible, the word of God is a two-edged sword. He, he, you know, it pierces through and things like that. But when we are talking about two-edged sword, we are looking at using two-edged sword to destroy your enemy. But that's not what the Bible said. The two-edged sword, if you read that scripture, is for you. That's why the Bible says it will pierce through your heart. But when you are talking about two edged sword, ah, people are saying, oh, yeah, let us fight the devil. Two edged sword. God say, no, that, that's what is for you. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as you begin to understand God's government, and is and you know, this is going to be like, you know, it's it's interesting because my as we journey in this part next few weeks, we are coming to a point at Pentecost where you will begin to understand why God is helping us to lay this ground as we reach Pentecost. Pentecost on the 28th. And so we have um, a couple of Sundays before, a few Sundays before then, that we would go through a couple of things together. You know, but one thing I've learned about God, God will say, this is where you're going. You will be so excited about, but it doesn't tell you as much as how, what you will face as you go there. The reason is because if it tells you this is what you're going to face, you will run back. So, he told his disciples, let us go to the other side. They jumped into the, into the boat, not knowing that they're going to be stormed on the way. <laughs> He did not tell them that as you are going, you know, it's going to be difficult. Because once he tells them that it's going to, ah, you see that sea. As you are going to that side, but the storm is going to be so heavy that it's only by God's mercy that you don't lose your life. Who will go? You will say, excuse me, <laughs> let us stay here. And so at times when God is speaking, he would not tell you everything. Because it is not in your interest. As even as much as you think it's in your interest for you, for you to know, it's not in your interest for you to know. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we 
But but God will tell you what what it is what is your own responsibility. So we as we look at so I'm just saying that because as we go journey towards that period, certain things that God will be helping us to do. But as we look at God's government, and you know when Jesus resurrected, his disciples were saying in Acts chapter one from verse six to eight, Israel says then they gathered around him and they said, Lord. When are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? God, when are you going to, you know, we want to see your kingdom reign. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the time or the date that the father has set in his own authority. I highlighted this part out for us. But he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses, my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea. Now, what am I saying is that they were concerned about external issues. But God, Jesus was saying, no, it starts from you. Don't ask me when am I going to bring this kingdom down. No, it actually starts from you. And there are so many times that we want to see the hand of God move heavily. And God is saying, no, 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 no. God, when I God is saying, no, it starts from you. You as an individual. He said, you will receive power when you and you will not become my weaknesses. Weaknesses. So as we look. And we begin to look at the Lordship of Jesus. You know, when the Bible says every tongue, every, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord, that includes me. So the Bible says that he, he was talking, he says, he says um, Romans 10, 9 said, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead. He said, you will be saved. Now, you begin to see that the Bible also gives a bit of description, and it's important as we look at these things carefully. Acts chapter 2, verse 36 to, sorry, verse 36. He says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. What does that mean? Some people recognize Jesus as Messiah, but they reject him as Lord. Lord means you do what I tell you to do. People are confident with this part, but this aspect of his Lordship is where there is the issue. So when Peter was talking about it, Peter not say, Jesus is Messiah. He said, no, he is both Lord and the Messiah. What Peter is also saying is that these two is not the same. They are linked by his cross, but they are not the same. They are not the same. Jesus was saying, Jesus said that, you know, Jesus said that, he says, 
he was talking about, he looked, he looked at a six. Jesus was saying, Jesus said, each tree, you recognize each tree by its fruit. People, people do not pick fig, figs from thorn bushes or graves from grass. He said, a good man brings out good things out of the good things stored in his heart. And an evil man brings out things out of the evilness, the evil stored in his heart. For, out, for, um, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. He now went ahead and said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why you do not do what I say? What he's saying in essence is that the evidence of your Lordship has to come to a place where it is visible in what you do. That's why when he went here, he went straight here to say, no, see, he said, you don't need to, people say, I, I know in my heart that Jesus is my is Lord. Jesus said, I don't know. What you do is what tells me. No, Jesus was saying, people say, I love you, Lord. And Jesus said, no, if you obey my commandments, if you love me, you obey my words. See, there are so many things that we have turned and I can imagine God telling Gabriel and saying, Gabriel, where did they get all this thing that you're saying? <laughs> I love you, Lord. I'm going to say, ah, how? <laughs> how? You know? People talk about love languages. You know, there are some people that, you know, no matter what you buy in this world, and that's one of the journeys when you're getting married, is to, is to understand love language. Because no matter what you, some people, if you have not bought them flower, you have not loved them. Even though, some people buy flower for them, they will say, what's this one for? <laughs> you cannot try to say, what's this one for? And things like that. Now, no matter how much you are saying, you know, when you are cancelling couples or you are dealing with couples, like that, but, but I have told you how many times that I have loved you. You are only talking. He or she has not heard. Because there is a way. So, you know, and at times it depends on man, man and woman, the way we see things. With all the money that I spent, you are saying that, you know, I don't mind saying, no, it's, it's, you, I don't feel that you love me. Say, what else do you want me to do? And at times it is just the simple thing of helping with the children that communicates love. So it doesn't, what I'm trying to say is that it does not, it, it does not benefit anybody, neither me as a Christian, to keep shouting to God that I love him when his love language is obedience. No matter how much I'm frustrated to say, God, you know I love you. I'm trying to understand what you're saying. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So we are coming to this part of, of Lord. Lord means that you he totally controls, he is Lord over an issue. See, the the um the Yoba people will call or call the king Oba. Oba means that he would he can sit on anything. And whatever he sits on, you cannot change it. So that is why, that is where we say that he is Lord. That's where we say that he is Lord. 
You know, the Bible later says, in, like when we go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, it's the Bible says, therefore, God has exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, those in heaven and under the earth, and everything, every tongue shall acknowledge Jesus Christ, Lord. Now, Because it is not natural, it is not human nature to acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. I'm not saying you cannot say Jesus, Jesus is Lord over my life. The ability to respond to the Lordship of Jesus takes something much more deeper. That's why at times when we just read a scripture on its surface, um, First um, Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible says that therefore I want you to know, no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is Christ. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Except by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I've ever read this scripture before. Yeah. I know people who will say that Jesus is Lord and they, they don't, they don't. So, so does that mean that anybody that says that Jesus is Lord is speaking by the Holy Spirit? Jesus just said that some of you call me Lord, Lord, but yet you don't do what I'm doing. So what I'm trying to say to us is this, is that this, what the Bible is saying here is not only just a, a pronunciation. What he's saying is that for you to come to the point of accepting the Lordship of Jesus. It is powered by the Holy Spirit. And you begin to understand why it is necessary. And you know, the song that I saw, you know, which was great, I saw that we were, we were singing the song, and things like that. And you will begin to discover that the practicalities of that song that we sang earlier, for you to be able to function in that level, you need the Holy Spirit. So, you would begin to see here that, you know, when, when Jesus had, had, had risen, Jesus said to them, you will be witnesses to me. That's what he told them in Acts chapter 1. That's what he said to them. Please, what is the difference in Jesus resurrected. What is witnessing? Jesus rose. So why did he not, when he was resurrected, why did he not say, go? After all, you now can see that I'm, I have resurrected. You now go and preach. Why did he tell them to wait? Because he knew that the, the way, what, what he was calling them to do, they needed a level of they needed the Holy Spirit in, 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 in a way that would enable them to do what he has called them to do. Now, let's come on, please. Let's, let's just come on. We, we, um, the Bible says, we read this earlier. The Bible says that, it said, but you will receive power when you come to the Holy Spirit. And you will be written, you would, uh, it said, when the Holy Spirit, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem. In all of Judea, Samaria. Why, why is it important that they needed the Holy Spirit to start to witness in Jerusalem. Number one, Jerusalem is the hot spot. That is where Jesus was killed. 
That was the place where the disciples ran. So Jesus said, to be able to start in Jerusalem, you need, you need the Holy Spirit in a particular, you, know, you need to experience the Holy Spirit in a particular dimension for you to be able to come to Jerusalem. See, they will have, it's easy to go to the end of the world because those ones, they don't know Jesus, they don't know you, you can. But it is in Jerusalem where it is still hot. For them not to now step out in Jerusalem and preach, you need some, you need to experience the Holy Spirit in a particular way. And we are coming to that point. As we are talking about the, his government and his Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is always introduced, not always, most on, on some occasions in scripture as wine. And there's a reason why. There are some things you cannot do if you are calm. But have you seen somebody who has ascended in, in the level of bottles? And the thing that I, I saw my teacher once in Papaja, then I saw him once in. This man is a very. Very nice man, but he was drunk. So he was in, in a gutter and he was walking like this. <laughs> and, and people were like, he said, no, 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 no. Ah, he said, he said, he said, if I if I, I will fall. And he was walking like this. And you'd be like, <laughs> this is a complete man that is, you know, he knows, but when influence comes. You will be able, you will do certain things. You know, your bank used to say that. I don't know how to speak it in English, please. Help, uh, God help us. He said, um, It is the uh, water tank. It's a It is the heart already settled inside that the drinkiness, or sorry, drunk, uh, drunk, drunkenness, or yeah, drunkenness. Brings out. So there are certain things that God has placed inside of you. Except you get to a point where the Holy Spirit, when you are filled and you are come to the point where you will do certain things that naturally, as you have, it will be impossible. Or else you will not be how dare them go to Jerusalem and preach. The same Peter that ran for. Again, we now stand as I begin to preach. That's why when you let's go to Ephesians, please. The scripture says, the people say, do not be drunk with wine, for for it is weak, it, for, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. So he was comparing the Holy Spirit. With drunkenness. No wonder when the, the apostles were in Acts chapter 2, when they began to speak, the Bible they, they said that these people are drunk. He said, No, 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 what you are seeing is the effect of what Joel has said. That when a man comes under the influence of the Holy Spirit, 
you will do certain things. You will be able to walk. See, that which you have said, that which is the struggle of your personal self, that you are, there are certain things that you feel like, you know, I am going to obey God to a certain level and things like that. When you release yourself to the Holy Spirit, that's what the Bible is talking here when the Bible talks about being drunk. Now, but the, the difference in this is that being led by the Holy Spirit or being filled or being drunk by the feeling drunk by the Holy Spirit is a cooperation with you and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never force himself on you. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 40, it said, they amplified, it said, for all those who are allowing themselves to be led by the, by, the, by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Please know that the Bible doesn't say children of God. It said sons of God. Sons of God is, is those who have come to a level of maturity and they are being led by the Holy Spirit. They've given themselves to be drunk by him. So the Holy Spirit is taking charge of their body. They are being, they are being driven by the Holy Spirit. They are, they are being, you know, it is not that the Holy Spirit, they and the Holy Spirit, they are, they are not fighting. Some Christians will say, me and God, we are still debating certain things. Um, you know, you know, me and God we are still in the point of negotiation. That kind of Christian has not recognized the Lordship of Jesus. Why? Because when you see a king stand up to say, to make a statement, nobody speaks afterwards. That's why the Bible will say that it is not see at times it is the Bible says he has spoken once twice have I had he didn't speak twice he spoke once see the ability for us to be able to release ourselves to be to be you know to be led by the Holy Spirit goes along as a Christian let's use Jesus as an example and we begin, as we look at it, you begin to discover that there are certain things you cannot do with normal eyes. Let's put it that way. In the, in the, in the, <laughs> you, it, you know, the Bible says that in, 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 John, in Matthew, sorry, Matthew chapter, the Bible says that Jesus talks about Jesus' baptism. And the Bible says that, so the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit went out, um, when he went up out of the water, um, at the moment the heavens opened, and when the, and he saw the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove and alighting on him and a voice and, and, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Now you would think that if you were at this man's at somebody's event and he said that God said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased, you would not expect that the next step that the Holy Spirit will lead you to is in the wilderness. And if you go to chapter 4, the Bible now says that, Bible says that as he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. See, 
the leading of the Holy Spirit does not lead you into pleasant places all the time. The leading of the Holy Spirit, that's where I'm going, where I'm going because, because that's why I said, see, if, if God will say, ah, oh, you are going to be great, you are going to do this, and, you and it's going to be easy, you don't need the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible calls the Holy Spirit helper. So there are certain things of your life that cannot come under the Lordship of Jesus except the Holy Spirit leads you. There are still some areas in your life or in my life that the Holy Spirit is saying, God is saying, am I Lord over this place? And I say, ah, no, 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 no. See, God, there are some areas that is not visible to you yet. Sorry, your access denied. No, the Bible is saying, once the Holy Spirit leads, it will lead you into places you will naturally not want to go. There are things that you will naturally hate, but if the Holy Spirit leads, you need the leading of the Holy Spirit to be able to go to those places and stay. So the Bible says, it was taken in, it was led by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness. What I'm trying to say is that when the Holy Spirit grabs your humanity as your, 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 your nature as a person, the, one of the things it will do is to lead you into the path of God. And those places are not going to be first of all convenient. But at the end of it, so what I'm trying to say is that the journey that God wants to take you to, the destination that God is taking you to, the only way he knows that you can go through that path is by being led by his spirit. That's why I said to Zerubbabel, the Bible says, I said to Zerubbabel, it is neither by power nor by might, but by my spirit. He had told Zerubbabel that Zerubbabel will build the house. He said, ah, oh, yes, I will build it as God said that. <laughs> you don't understand. You do not understand. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do, when the Holy Spirit is leading, he will first of all find a place to be Lord. Now, every spirit would, when a spirit is in a place, one of the ways you would know the spirit that is occupying a particular place will be the futures you'll be seeing in that area. That's why when you see the Bible will call some spirit of the Bible, the man, the man at Gadara, that was um, the madman that was at Gadara and was sleeping in death. When the Bible called, the Bible called him, called that spirit unclean spirit. So when a spirit is functioning in a place, it will be, it will be, it will be manifesting its character within that area. That is why. The Holy Spirit is called the Holy Spirit. It is not his name. It is his nature. So when the Holy Spirit enters a place, the first thing it would, it would, you will begin to see that you begin to deal with are things that are unholy within that environment. Because, because a spirit would take, would, when you see a spirit of lust in an environment, 
you will begin. That is why, that is why when you, the Bible talks about the spirit of discipline, and it begins to manifest in a particular way. When you see the lady that had the spirit of, 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 of a python, you would see it in a particular because the manifestations, the characters will follow that trait. Now, but what I'm trying to say, let's not even go into that. What I'm just trying to say in essence is that when the Holy Spirit is in a place, one of the things it will be hammering on is holiness. Why? Because you are, it is not his nature to be in an environment where, where, where holiness is not, it's not the power of it. So you begin to see that the struggle will begin to happen as the Holy Spirit is settling into a place. Gradually, you begin. That's why when Jesus was saying that, you cannot be calling me Lord. I have not had Lordship over your life. Why? Because the fruit is visible. What he's saying in essence is that the Holy Spirit has not found a place to settle. As he begins to find a place to settle, see, you know, I, I was talking to someone at the time, somebody called me about Saturday and they were, and I said to, the, I, I, I said to people, I said, see, the, king, the Bible says the kingdom of God is, is like a yeast. What does a yeast, what all, it would say that, yeah, the Bible says it's like a yeast. What a yeast does, and you just put a little, you begin to grow and things like that. Now, you begin to see that somebody is in a journey. See, if you are with God, you, certain things that you are doing now that you think is okay, as the Holy Spirit begins to take charge of your life, you begin to see that certain things, I don't really need it. What is happening? The Spirit is taking nature, residence in that body. Spirit is taking residence in that body. So that's why Jesus was saying, sorry, Roman, Paul was saying Romans chapter 8, because of Romans chapter 8, Bible says, if the Spirit, now, he said that this is the, he said, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, this is what he will do. He, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. We have used this to say a lot of this, which is also good. But in context, he said, through his spirit lives in So then, because of that, brothers and sisters, you are not, you, you, we have, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, our human nature, worthiness, sin capacity, to live according to his impulse of flesh, of the, of the flesh. So somebody is saying, see, this annoyance, I don't even know how to control it. Take off. I, I'm just, I'm just, I, my, 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 it just keeps going, 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 going. The Bible says, don't let the devil lie to you. You have something else inside of you. So what am I trying to say is that what the Bible is saying here, and that's the basic thing we are really going through today, is that when it is the Holy Spirit that introduces the Lordship of Jesus into your life, so you begin to see the effect. So this is what happened. The effect is that the nature of that person will begin to change. The nature of that person will begin to change. Why is that important? Because, like Jesus said, forget about the beginning kingdom. It starts from within you. It starts from within you. 
Now, there is what the Bible, what does the Holy Spirit do? Or what does the Holy Spirit do? What, what, what does it do in the life of a believer? What is it trying to do? It's trying to deposit what the Bible calls the love of God. The love, the, you know, God's love. God's love inside a Christian, inside a believer. So you see Romans 5, 5, the Bible says that, we said for, for the hope does not put us to shame. The Bible says because, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now, as we begin to link this together, you begin to discover that the Bible is saying that the love of God is shared into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Why is the love of God important? Why is the love of God important? Because when you are facing certain situations, it is the love of God that would avoid you from going to those things. But that love, it is the Holy Spirit that pours it into your heart. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so Paul will later say, Paul will later say that in Romans chapter 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or, dan or danger, or sword. For it is written, we, 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 for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as a sheep to be slaughtered. In our sake, in all these things, how I many of us have called that scripture before? In all things, I am more than conquerors. Two Jesus are set me free. Which, which, which all things? Paul is saying, in distress, in persecution, in famine, in nakedness, in danger. He said, in all these things, my love for God cannot be conquered. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. What can you do? I can buy a car. <laughs> I'll probably say, excuse me. <laughs> no, it, those things are good, don't get me wrong, but in context of biblical teaching, that all things you can do is that even though you are in desperate positions, your love for God will not be separated. That is when you can know as a Christian if you are conquering or not. He said, persecution, famine, nakedness, and there are days where Paul was stripped naked. And Paul was saying, this one is not enough. In all these things, if he had said from all of this, he said in. So that means 
while we are still in it, our love for God can be questioned. Question, where are you, what can you say you have conquered? Where are you displaying your own conquer, your, your, you know, where, 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 has, where, where can you say that you do, ah, yes, I have conquered it. What Paul is saying is that, see, we, our dest- we are considered a sheep set for slaughter. So basically he said that we are, we are going to be killed, but guess what? Even in that situation, we are more than conquerors. That is why it is the Holy Spirit when the love of God is poured in your heart that can make you face situations that you, you would not love to face. Yet, the love of God will still be burning in your heart. Why is this important? Because if you don't understand that there will be certain things God will be Lord over your life and certain things where He's not Lord over your life. He went on in, in verse 30, 38, but I'm reading from now, amplified now. The Bible says, let's go The Bible says, For I am convinced. This is not a debate. I am not trying to debate it. I am convinced and continue to be convinced. So he's saying that, no, it will not stop. He said, I am convinced, and he said, beyond any doubt that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor, nor the things in this press, in things present and threatening, nor the things to come, nor the power, height or depth, or, or any other created thing that will separate me from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. This is why when Jesus was going to call Peter, when Peter was fishing, Jesus asked him only one question. If you are going to become anything for God, God is not going to ask you any other question because any other question is irrelevant. The only question he asked Peter do you love me? See, God will not ask you, can you wake up in the middle of the night and pray? No. Because it is love for God that will make you when headache is knocking or when the sleep has come to a particular time and you see that alarm go, it is love that will wake you up. No, it is love that will make you stand up to do it. That is why when a man or a woman says, God, I want to go to where you want me to go. I am ready to sacrifice everything. God is only saying, I don't need your money yet. I only have one question. Do you love me? And that is what Paul later came to a conclusion. And he said, I am convinced of this one. 
know what Jesus had at the problem with the church? He said, you forgot your first love. What? And maybe another thing we need to ask as we come to the place of prayer. Jesus said, in the last days, he said that people will not have love. He said, their love will wax cold. He said, no, I love God. But there are positions now that, you know, um, no, it is a, it is, now please note that Paul did not say that um, I am convinced because of certain things. Paul said, I, it is a settled truth in my heart. Some of us, even as you come into a, see, when I was coming to this country, there were certain things that God said, settle now. Because by the time you get there, yeah. I said my friends, when they come into the uh, my friend when I come into the UK came into, into the States and I said, hmm, oh God. See, there is something that they used to turn down love of God here. That they will turn it low. You will know that you say I love God, but the temperature is down. It is the love of God that would say that there will be certain things I will not do. My, my, there are certain things I will not do. Why? Because of the love of God. So, Paul said, see, even death, what does that mean? What does death do? Death takes away the opportunity of you being rewarded in this world. So, Paul is saying that even if in this world, I don't get anything. I am confused. So the song we sang earlier said, "More fair or rare, he will do. More fair or rare, heaven is looking down and saying, tell us the temperature of that love. What are you ready to conquer to say, Lord, I do love you. And that is where we are going. That's where we are starting on today. Because before Pentecost came, Jesus had to tell ask Peter to settle the issue of love. Let us rise, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.